Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Well, I just want to take a moment, of course, uh, uh, a lot's, lots going on in the world, and from the time I came to church Wednesday night till the time I got home, the world had changed a lot. And uh, so at the end of the service today, we are going to honor the uh, presidential proclamation, the day of prayer, and we're going to uh, be praying, praying Psalms 91. We're going to just do that at the, at the very end. Uh, we're going to just be praying all around the world. We're just going to be praying for God's, uh, God's healing power across the world. I got a message from uh, some students that we worked with in South Africa last spring that said, we have no medical care. We're very, very poor. Would you please pray for us? So I told them we will pray uh, for you today. So uh, we're just going to pray God's God's help and healing uh, all around the world. We're going to pray for our medical uh, medical personnel here around the world, first responders. We're going to be praying for them. And if you're one of those, we just want you to know how much we appreciate you and uh, uh, what's going on kind of in your life and world. And we're just going to be praying for you at the end of the uh, service today. We're going to pray for governmental leaders that God would just give wisdom and guidance uh, to the uh, you know, to the national leaders, state leaders, local leaders. We're going to be praying for that. We're going to be praying for those too that uh, maybe your job situation is changing over the next few weeks and months and maybe there's just a little anxiety and nervousness. We're just going to, we want you to know we're thinking about you and uh, we're just going to be praying uh, praying for you at the end of the service. And we're, we're also going to be praying for our missionary family around the world. Many of them can't come home. They're in the quarantined areas. I messaged uh, a friend who is pastoring in northern Italy, and uh, they are they are on house restriction, just outside of, you know, going to the grocery store, house restriction. And he just said, you know, there's this depression that's that's overtaken our city because even the healthy people feel like eventually they're going to get, you know, so we just want to pray. We just want to pray for our missionaries, our church families, our, our believers all around the world, even in tough times. It's always been the church that's been able to shine the light. And in difficult times, we're just going to be praying. We're just going to be praying that way this this morning. So uh, that'll be at the end of the service. So I just want you to know that as far as our team here, we're watching and, and looking at all services, events, things may change rapidly as they are, and and if it does, you know, if we have to change our formats on Sunday, we've already had conversations about that. We'll we'll be keeping you, uh, you know, keeping you informed on that as things change, and we respond to that. All of our spring events, we're just kind of keeping an eye on that. So just just want you to know that we're you know that we're mindful of that. It's kind of affected a few things. So we had a couple of missions teams that. 
were going out this week. We had our college students that were headed to Atlanta to work with the Atlanta Dream Center. Uh, we've had to postpone that trip, and we've rescheduled that for September. Our Cuba trip uh, was canceled. The Assemblies of God has uh, canceled all uh, missions travel for the next month or so, and then they'll reevaluate uh, after that. So, uh, so it's affecting, you know, it's affecting a lot of things. Uh, even, even here, I apologize to uh, both of those teams. They're really excited about going, but uh, you know, it just it is what it is at this moment. And we'll regroup if possible. Uh, we'll regroup if possible a little bit a bit later on these trips. But let me say too, we're living in a serious time right now. But it's okay to smile. Okay, it's okay to take a deep breath. I mean, we realize the seriousness of the moment, but, you know, it can just worry you and you're a little irritable and just concerned and it's okay to smile. A merry heart does good like a medicine. So even in the midst of serious times, it needs to be the people of faith that have a smile. Everybody else might be a little nervous and anxious and that's uh, that's okay, but a, a calm smile and reassurance from the household of faith can do a lot in this moment. So laughter is okay smiles are okay you know Monday afternoon you know this thing was ramping up I called everybody in my office because we needed to start thinking a little more long term and I'm you know I'm just processing and I'm you know got my you know my focused face on I called everybody in my office Bo Walker walks in my office and this is what he looks like Sat there the whole meeting that way. So it's okay. It's okay. You don't, you don't have to feel guilty just having a joyful heart and a smile and a kind word because I think people need that, you know, at this particular moment. Also, let's be careful, you know, that panic doesn't grip our hearts. You know, like we don't need to hoard things up where other people can't get those. You know, we don't need to do that. There's like this panic out there. I even heard that at Publix there was no ranch dressing on the aisle. Listen, when we're, when, we're, when we're wiping out the ranch dressing, we've gone crazy in this world. And if I have to eat a bowl of plain lettuce, let me tell you, I'm going to be irritated. So, so maybe, maybe if you bought a little too much and you look, you can't get your pantry closed. Hey, maybe check out a single mom or a senior adult that might not have as much. And maybe just share Maybe just share what you've got with them. So that'd be a good, maybe that's a good, a good kind of uh, witness. Also check on people. Check on people in our church, maybe in your community, your family. Look for opportunities for kindness and generosity. I think people really kind of need that right now. So I know it's a little bunker mentality and we understand that, but there are all kinds of ways that we can reach out and we can be kind to others and uh, in, in this moment. I want to say to our senior adults, you know, there's a lot in the news about you and your health and I want you to know, women, we love you and we are praying for you and, uh, you know, like Thursday was our teenager's lunch and I just figured, you know, I figured uh, it, the attendance would just be way down, understandably, but you know, it was one of the biggest one that we ever had. I walked down there, they were bringing out extra tables. The greatest generation's not intimidated by a little something going on in the world, especially when there's a meal served. 
and I had bought a cake and had it delivered to the church. The teenagers ate it. They ate the whole cake. They didn't care. They didn't care. Senior adults, we just want you to know that we, that we love you and that we're concerned about you. And if you're 75 years of age or older and you can't get groceries or proper, you know, proper things in your home for sanitization, or you've got any kind of financial issue, I want you to call us, okay? I don't want you to panic. I don't want you to be upset. We are your family, and we are here to minister to you. So you reach out to us. We're praying for you. But if you have any kind of needs, you let us know. We're your family, and we want to, uh, we want to serve you. I also want to say... If you feel like your income may be stable over the next few months and maybe you could help someone else that is affected during this time, well, just, just let us know. Just let us know. We, we anticipate, you know, uh, you know helping, helping others, especially in our church. And uh, so if you just feel like, hey, I, I feel like we're going to be okay for the next little while, maybe just send us a message and, and we, we, would, uh, we would appreciate that. Now, you've heard everywhere on the news you know, wash your hands, wash your hands, and it's supposed to be 20 seconds, okay? Now, we're not timing anyone anywhere, so, uh, but do you know what else takes 20 seconds? The Lord's Prayer, okay? So, instead of admiring your beauty in the, in the mirror, okay, you can pray the Lord's Prayer, it will time perfectly for the length you're supposed to wash your hand, and it will touch your heart as well. So, the 20-second rule for washing your hands in the Lord's Prayer, just, just keep that in mind. So, just wanted to mention a few things uh, to you this morning. Uh, at the end of the service, man, I'll be down front. I'll be glad to talk with you, pray with you, especially kind of if you're going through a little panic. You know, little anxiety. Hey, we just we just want to pray with you. We just want to stand with you. We just want you know, you love you. We love you. We're going to get through this thing as a church family, as a country. We're gonna we're gonna get through thing through this thing. So just wanted to uh, mention that to you this morning. All right, hey, take your Bibles uh, to the Book of Romans, <clears throat> chapter twelve. Uh, I'm going to be reading this passage in a in a moment. So I'm finishing the series. Uh, can I trade my church for live stream? And the whole spirit of this was there's nothing wrong with the technology of the day, but there is no substitute for the local church. There's no substitute for, for, for gathering together and praying together. So it's not really about live stream per se, but just about the, the importance of the local church. So in this series, we've looked at, we're looking at the role of the local church, the challenges the church is present. Presently facing the value of the church to each believer. In previous weeks, we've looked at the impact that affluence has had on church involvement. We've asked the question, are we too busy for church? Changing life priorities. Uh, last week, I don't like organized religion. Uh, we talked about increased weekend activities and sports for kids. The rise of the online church. So we're just kind of dealing with some of the challenges that the local church faces today. We've also talked about what does the Bible tell us about the church. The church is a family that was a couple weeks ago. The church is a fellowship. We talked about last week. I've got a really appropriate thing today. You know, you plan these things weeks out, but you never know how the Lord will just kind of have something lining up at the right time. And I'll, I'll talk about it in a, in a moment. Acts chapter 9 has been our theme 
passage just talking about the full function of the church, personally, in your own spiritual life, and in your community. Acts 9.31 says, all over the country the church grew. And they were permeated with a deep sense of reverence for God. And the Holy Spirit was with them, strengthening them, and they prospered wonderfully. So uh, that's the, man, that when the church is functioning full force in the power of the Holy Spirit, it is the greatest change agent that the world has ever known. Now, as part of this series... Uh, and just encouraging more ministry involvement. We've been doing a few ministry interviews. You see booths out there that we want you to kind of walk through and, and look at uh, at the end of the service if you haven't already done it. But I want to invite those that will come to this stage this morning, GC students, singles, living free, music and mini, uh, media. Would you welcome them to the stage this morning? We're glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for... Thank you for being with us, Josh. Come here. I'll let you start it off. You represent uh, GC Youth, our students. So, Josh, uh, tell us about the purpose. Why do you guys exist? Um, really, how are y'all doing this morning? Uh, really, uh, we exist to provide a fun and like really, really cool place on Wednesday nights for all students, sixth grade to twelfth grade. Uh, we have. I feel like I'm a little biased. I feel like all of us here are, but I feel like we have the best ministry here because we do so much. Like. It's not Corona. It's just allergies. <laughs> Look, on, uh, on Wednesday nights, we have a really, really good time. We start at 6.45 uh, p.m. every Wednesday. We have a cafe. We had pancakes last weekend. We have tacos. We have cereal. So if you love food and you're a student, come on Wednesday nights. Hey, if you got food, students will come, and then I can give them Jesus. So that's kind of my reel there. But, man, we have some great leaders in there, too. So a lot of students go through, and then they want to go back to you to be a leader. So it's this transformational kind of process, too. And God really does some really cool things in our midst. So this year we're going to go to Forward Conference, Summer Camp. Hopefully Peru, National Fine Arts. I mean, I really, the list goes on and on. I feel like we have the best ministry here to really provide a space for students to grow in their faith, connect with friends, make a connection. It's all about making a connection. Sometimes they won't hear me preach Jesus until they, someone, you know, makes a relationship with them, a friendship with them. So that's kind of our real, and uh, we're just excited. We love students so much, and uh, yeah, so Wednesday night, 645. That's great. And if a student, maybe they have been a little disconnected, they want to get a little more involved, or maybe there's somebody out there that said, hey, I would like to work with students, what do, what do they need to do? Well, come talk to me if you want to work with students. Um, obviously, there's some protocols there, but I would love to talk to you about that. If you're a student and you want to get plugged up, if you have an Instagram, gc.yth uh, is our Instagram handle, and we provide all of the information, our sermon series, everything there. You can get plugged up. And then, by the way, you know, we would love to just see your face on Wednesday night, so I'd love to make a connection with you and get you plugged in. Amen. All right. Uh, Aaron Kelly Mosier, they represent Living Free, our ministry. Aaron, why do you guys exist? What's your purpose? Uh, so the purpose of Living Free, uh, so we want to provide those people that are struggling with life-controlling issues uh, a spiritual foundation to really understand and, and ultimately uh, overcome uh, whatever it is that might be holding you back from living the life that, that God's got planned for you. Yeah, And we want people here to know that they don't have to walk alone in these things. Aaron, you kind of come out of a different background. We just want people to know that there's a partnership uh, with Living Free. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think some of the important things that, 
that we wanted to touch on today, you know, living free is not just for those people that are struggling with drugs and alcohol, and that's really kind of a big misconception and what a lot of people think of when they first hear about living free. Uh, but life controlling issues can really come in any any shape or form. Uh, it can be anything from maybe narcissism to anger, uh, fear, especially in a time like right now. Uh, a lot of those things can really you know start to spiral out of control on you and and keep you from living your life. Um, another important thing is that you don't have to be at rock bottom to join Living Free. Uh, in fact, our goal would be to, to intercept you before you hit rock bottom. Uh, we really want to connect with you before you get entrenched in that, that pattern uh, of behavior that leads to complete destruction. Uh, we want to share our stories and, and listen to you share yours as well. Um, the so, thing, go the, ahead. The, the last thing I was going to mention on that is that, you know, by all means, we are not experts. Uh, we, we don't necessarily have this all figured out either, uh, but what we are is we're, we're willing to listen. Uh, we're willing to not judge uh, and, and just kind of let you talk through some of those issues that you might be walking through. Yeah. So uh, we, ha we started a small group last uh, semester, and every semester we'll offer kind of a living free group. So maybe talk about that small group for a moment. Sure. So right now, uh, there is a small group going on. It's being led by Lee Nestor. Uh, and so that's meeting every other week with the rest of the connect groups. Uh, the small group is a, uh, really allows you the opportunity to connect with other folks that are wrestling with life controlling issues as well. Uh, the important thing to remember is that you're not alone. And the small group really gives you great confirmation of that. So if someone is interested, maybe they'd like to get some more information or maybe they'd like to, maybe they've done something like Living Free, well, they'd like to join the team. What's the, what's the step there? So uh, there's, a, there's a couple of ways. Um, you can uh, check it out on, on the website, on the Generations website. Uh, there's a, a special link for Living Free. Uh, you can connect that way. You can contact Pastor Brian. Uh, stop by our booth in the lobby today. Uh, we do have some giveaways. Um, they may include some maybe toilet paper and hand sanitizer <laughs> in case anybody is interested. So. You can't leave now. Don't get up. Don't get up. So. Uh, so uh, several ways to connect. Yeah, that's great. Aaron, Kelly, thank you for what you're doing. Pam is representing GC Singles. Pam, why does, uh, uh, GC1, excuse me, why does, why does this ministry exist? What's your purpose? So, you know, a lot of times people find themselves in places that sometimes they didn't expect to be in. And, you know, GC1 is a ministry to single adults. Some, like myself, I've never been married, so that's one type. There are people who are divorced, people who are widowed, whatever your situation um, and you find yourself in. And, you know, a lot of times it's very lonely. And so it's just a place to find a friendship, find fellowship, find people that um, not unlike living free that you can just connect with and, and not feel you know, alone. Yeah. You guys uh, just have some upcoming events. You're always just kind of busy. Tell them about some things you got sure. coming up. So we always um, go to lunch the third, typically the third Sunday of the month um, after church. With everything going on today, I postponed until next week. And we'll be going to Spirit next Sunday after church. So we'd love to have everybody join us. And we also um, are having our first game night, tentatively May 8th, um, in the Fellowship Hall. And we're just going to get together in fellowship and play board games and, and just have some fun. 
in the fall, we're going to have another Connect group, and we're going to be studying Tony Evans, um, one of his singles books. There are several, and I can't remember the name of which one it is, uh, but we're going to be studying that in the fall. And so I'd love to have you come and, and join us. I'll be out in the four-year after service. I've created some business cards, so you can take one of the cards. If, if you're not single and you know single people, come grab some cards and, and take it to them, because I'd love to connect with people. I think that's the most important thing is just finding people that you can connect with. That's right. So you can uh, message Pam. You can see her at the booth if you're a single adult and for whatever reason, you just haven't really connected. We've got some wonderful people here that would love to embrace you into uh, into our church family here. So yes. Pam, thank you very much. Brent, you are representing music and media this morning. Why do you purpose? What do you, what, what's your purpose? Why do you, what, what's your, oh geez, what, what is, what's your, what, just go, just go, just go, just go. Oh, goodness. Uh, music and media, uh, we get the purpose of um, the part that you get to see is us leading you in song, leading you in worship, and doing our best to to, uh, to go before God and, and provide just the atmosphere of worship for this place. And then the part that you don't get to see a lot of the times is the media side, where it's the people who are in the sound booth or the people who are doing production for the live stream um, or during the week when we're up here building or painting or, or doing things like that. Um, so we, we got a little bit of an area for just about everybody to get involved in. And, uh, and if somebody's got that kind of gift, skill, they just need to come see you. What's yeah, please come see me. Um, I would say email me, but I'm really terrible about email. So just come see me on a Sunday or a Wednesday night and just come say, hey, Brent, um, I like to paint or I like to build or, you know, I can help do something. I'll, I'll put you to work. I promise. Amen. Amen. Did you? Have, yeah, Pam had. Something. I forgot to mention giveaways. So I uh, have two giveaways, two gift cards. So if you have not signed up yet, it's not too late. Uh, put your name and email address in the bucket out in the booth after service. Amen. We want you to know how much we appreciate your effort and your ministry, and uh, you guys work hard. We appreciate uh, giving back to the kingdom of God. We want you to know a little bit about our ministries and small groups, and if, man, God's touching your heart in any on any of these uh, areas, then please go see them in the four-year message them. One more time, give it up for them. Thank you very much. We appreciate your ministry there. God bless you. God bless you. Well, this is the, uh, the last... Uh, uh, message in the series, and uh, we have a gift for you. We've got a free t-shirt for everyone that came this morning, and uh, they will be on the outside, on both sides, kind of in the open air area, and uh, you can go by, you can grab one uh, this morning, so uh, just uh, just, just want to say, hey, we love you guys, we're we're thankful for you, and a free t-shirt on the way out, so I uh, just want to want to bless you this morning. Uh, somebody asked me if they're stretchy sizes. Yes, we have some stretchy sizes, whatever, whatever that means. So uh, Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, I'm going to uh, read, and it's just, man, it's so appropriate uh, for, this, for this moment. Uh, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, each member 
uh, belongs to others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. First Corinthians 12 said, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored or celebrated, then every part rejoices with it. And I'm going to just come back at the at kind of at the end. I wanted to read that up front, and uh, but I'm going to just really talk about that at the end. So let me let me just give you you know just still some of the challenges that the church is facing today. Then we're going to talk about this particular passage. So let me let me just give you that. It's one would be casual attendance. Versus meaningful participation. Casual attendance versus meaningful participation. So part of this message has been to remind people about the importance of church and being in church on Sunday morning. God created a day and He says He blessed it and He made it holy and He said, don't work. He didn't go, don't work. He said, hey, you got the day off. Don't do anything. Have some fun. Enjoy your family. So it's not this fist. Man, it's a gift to you to, uh, to, to, to worship with. So, so come to church. Make, make sure it's an important part of your, your life and your day and your routine. And make sure, I mean, there are all kinds of reasons that you miss. But make sure when you miss, man, it's really important because the, the church needs you. And God created this day for you. So go to church. Now, most people, you know who this young man is right here. You seen him? This young man got left home alone. His family left him on vacation. He soon found out that there were robbers in the neighborhood that were coming to rob his house. But do you know what? When it was time to go to church, look at this. He was sitting in church. And if he can go to church with all that he had going on in his life, you can go to church too. Amen? Make church important. Let me just tell you, the challenge is casual attendance versus meaningful participation. Okay, Just kind of going from time to time versus really being involved. Because when someone merely attends church casually, the likelihood of showing up regularly or even growing in their faith decreases over time. I'm just telling you. Been doing this a long time. I've been, I've been watching people who just kind of are on the outskirts. They just kind of attend from time to time. And man, it just kind of drifts over, over a period of time. For, for whatever reason, spiritual root just doesn't, you know, just doesn't take, you know, take, uh, take place in their life. And man, they come and then they go. Man, you need to be involved. You need to get going. Now, now the opposite is true. I've seen people who are engaged 
They're involved. They're here on Sunday. They do other things. And there's great spiritual fruit that comes through, you know, comes through active participation. So I, I want to say, man, if you're here casually, I'm thankful that you are, you know, I'm thankful that you're here. But there's something better, and that's really putting down some root and, and getting involved. See, people have really high expectations from what they want out of the church. They ask 18 to 35-year-olds, what do you, 18 to 35-year-old Christians who attend church, wish was part of their worship community? Almost 20% said they would like more friends from their church attendance. They would like more friends. But 72% attend church services once or twice a month at the most. So there's this expectation, man, I would love more community, I would love more involvement, but that's very difficult when the participation and the investment is minimal, okay? Now listen, getting to know people in church is more difficult than at work or at school, all right? When you go to work with someone, you're there 40 hours a week. Whether you like them or not, you've got them for 40 hours, And you know what? You're working on common projects. Sometimes you're eating lunch together 40 hours a week. And it's easy to kind of get to know people. Or if in school, you're going to school all day with people you're eating, you're doing clubs, you're doing sports together, and it's very easy or easier to try to get to know people. But the church world is different. It's just different. We come in... Basically once a week, you know, and we try to make it as personal as possible. We've got greeters at the door. We've got donuts. We do a little fellowship time and we're trying to make it as personal as possible. But Sunday morning really is not set up and designed to meet people. I mean, we try to encourage that. But, you know, most people, most people. They are screeching in here at 10 o'clock or 10.05, all right? The donuts are gone by the time you get here. And as soon as church is over with, people are gone. And that's just the way things are. And it's, it's difficult just in a, in a Sunday morning setting to meet people and build relationships. That is why small groups are so important to to meeting people and developing community. Now, by small groups, I'm talking about some of our serve teams. I'm talking about our, our connect groups as well, our small groups, because that's where you really have some time to meet people and unpack your life and find new friends and, and open up your world. And also, man, you can be a blessing as well. So there's the importance of small groups. It gives you a chance to belong to a community, to meet people, to establish friendships and, and connections. It allows you to grow in your faith as well, so you know we, we are we we are all trying to to move forward in our faith and in a small group setting. Man, it allows you to talk about the Bible and learn from others, but it also allows you to make contributions as well. So we're all growing together in our faith, and that's a huge part when you're when you're trying to find community is finding people of like of like faith, and you're you're growing together. You can pray together. You can share your need 
with others and they can share their need with you. I used the illustration last week, man, the, the guy that was on the mat. Sometimes you're on the mat, he was paralyzed, and man, others came along and they carried him. And then there was a time, you know, that, that somebody else said, hey, there's a guy on the mat, let me, let me help carry him. There are times that you need prayer and you need people surrounding you. And then there's a time that you need to be lifting up others. That happens in community. It's hard to find that just, just blowing in and blowing out on Sunday morning just, just for a few moments. There's laughter together. There's celebration. One thing about this church, we love to laugh. We love to laugh. We love to have fun. We love to celebrate good accomplishments that are, that are happening in your life. Laughter and celebration together. You got something good that happened in your life and you don't have anybody to tell about it. In small group setting, man, you can laugh. You can celebrate. You can also share. You can also share what God is doing in your heart. When people are close to you, there's the opportunity to, man, let me tell you what God spoke to me. Let me tell you what I've learned. Let me give a contribution because I want you to know it's not all about what you take away. Man, the body of Christ, it's about what you bring to the table as well and what you and what you give. And so there's the share, there's the giving, there's the opportunity for you to make an investment in other people. Do you realize, do you realize you may have something in your life that somebody else in this church needs? You may have an experience that you've walked through that somebody else needs. You may have a key to something that somebody else needs in your life. And if you're kind of distant, man, you won't have a you won't have have the proximity to offer that particular gift. So if a ministry hasn't worked out, a small group hasn't worked out like you would like, well, find another one. Find another one. But lean in. Lean into community. Acts chapter 20. I love this. Paul, Paul says, you know, you know that from the day, day one of my arrival in Asia, I was with you totally, laying my life on the line, serving the master no matter what, putting up with no end of scheming by the Jews who wanted to do me in. I didn't skim or trim in any way. I've done my best for you, given my all, held back nothing of God's will for you. He said, "When a man, when I came, I brought it all. I left it on the field. Man, and that's the way we need to approach our, our, our service in the church. He said, I didn't hold anything back. And I just want to say, if it's been more casual than, than personal, don't hold anything back. Because I promise you, there's a spiritual blessing for your life. Man, when you dive deep in the local church, there's a spiritual blessing for you. So I want to say, don't just fill a seat. Find a purpose find a purpose. You're part of the body. I'm going to talk about it in a minute. God's got you here. There's a unique contribution that you can make to this, to this church. So just don't find a seat, but find a purpose. Another, another thing I want to mention, you know, kind of as we're talking, maybe why are some people maybe a little disconnected from the church? I've had a bad church experience. I've had a bad church experience. Okay? Now, I want to, I want to just tell you, I've been doing this, you know, 30 years. I gave my life to the Lord over 30 years. Gave my life to the Lord, and, uh, and except for one year, you know, my life in college, this is all I've ever known, is working at the church. I gave my life to the Lord, but I've also given my life to the local church, okay? That's my all, all my adult life. When I went to college, it was to prepare myself and my skills 
to work in the local church. I went got a graduate degree to, you know, prepare myself to work in the in the local church. And I love the local church. I do it every day of my life, okay? It's not just a job for me, okay? It's just not. Man, it's just part of my heart. It's just the way God shaped me. But I just want to tell you something. Just be honest. Some of the greatest wounds and hurts that I've ever had in my life have come from the house of faith, okay? There were times I just told my wife, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'll go get a job. I'll serve God. I can live my life with no stress. I don't have to, you know, criticism and all that. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Some of the greatest wounds that I've had, deep wounds. What Christ of faith, I'd never turn my back on the, on the Lord, but I'm just like, you know, I'm done with the local church. I'm done. I'll just go do something else with my life. But can I just say, even in the midst of that comment, the hurts that I've had in the local church pale in comparison to the blessing that the local church has been to me over the course of my life. My hurts were deep, but they were minimal, okay? When I begin to look at the blessing that the local church has been to me, I'm a better Christian because of people in the local church. Especially when I was young. I saw faith lived out. I saw, I saw principles in this word. But I also saw the faith community living out those, those, those beliefs. And I'm a better believer today. Because of what I saw modeled in the local church. I'm a better husband today. Because of what I saw modeled in the local church. I saw people have been married a long time. Had struggles, you know, but I saw them kind of weather that and I saw the importance of a faith component in their life and I'm a, I'm a better husband because of my connection with the local church. I was hoping Becky would say amen, but evidently not. So, <clears throat> We'll talk about that later. <laughs> I, I'm a better father. I'm a better father. Because of the modeling that I saw in the local church. Yeah, man, I, I know I'm the, I'm the pastor and leader, but you know what? I, I read all kinds of things, but man, I saw parenting, godly parenting lived out in front of me. And I'm a better parent because of what I learned, what I learned in the, in the household of faith. So, yeah, the wounds have been deep. You know, just cause me some time to go, I want to just do something else with my life. But I just want to tell you, they are small compared to the blessing that being a part of the local church has been in my life. So I want to say to you this morning, don't let a bad church experience turn you off from church. Don't let a bad church experience turn you off from church. Now, we don't do that in other areas, do we? Like you've been to Walmart, 37 aisles, one is open. You're mad. But next time you need something, where do you go? You go back to Walmart. You have a bad restaurant experience. You vent on Yelp. You take a month off. Then you come on back. And I just want to say the same. 
If you've had a bad church experience, you know, I mean, if you've had hurt and disappointments, I understand that. Probably not a person in this church that would, would tell a different story. But in the midst of all that, we found value in the local church. And if you think you had it bad, if you think you had a bad church experience, listen to what Paul writes, 2 Corinthians Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in open sea. I have constantly been on the move. I have been in dangers from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger from the city, in danger in the country, in danger at the sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored. I have toiled. I have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst. I've often gone without food. I have been cold and, I, and I've been naked. And then he finishes that with, and besides everything else, I face daily the pressures of my concern for all the churches. <laughs> Man, if there was ever anybody that could said, you know, the local church, I'm done. But he said, you know what? Man, I've had bad treatment over my life. But I love that church. I love that church. He's still... Still got a burden for it. Still concerned about it. I just want to say, man, if you've had a bad church experience, give the church another chance. I promise it'll be a blessing to you. Watch this video. Hey, welcome to church. Hey, I enjoy service. Hello, my name is Church. I'm sure you've heard about me. I have no shortage of critics. Perhaps you have heard that I am boring, shallow, and a waste of time. You've probably heard that I'm full of hypocrites, greedy people, and the self-righteous. Perhaps you have visited me and discovered horrible music, passionate singing, boring preaching, and rude congregants. Hey, welcome to church. Enjoy service. Amen. Thank you as you give. Maybe you tried to join me and found that I was dull, demanding, distant, preoccupied. Maybe you tried to serve in me, but got caught off guard by business meetings, teams, committees, and bureaucracies. Maybe you left and were surprised that nobody cared, noticed, invited you back. Perhaps your experience has driven you to speak negatively of me, swear to never come back to me, proclaim that nobody needs me, believe you're better off without me. If this is true, I have something to say to you. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I blew it. I made a huge mistake. But remember, I never said my name was perfect Flawless, complete, arrived. My name is Church. I welcome the hypocrite, self-righteous, sincere, passionate, forgiving, selfless. I cannot shut my doors to people who make you feel angry, uncomfortable, impatient, or self-conscious. But I would remind you, we couldn't always worship in the same room. In the Old Testament, there was a division between Gentile, Jew, man, woman, in order for us to all worship in the same room, Christ was shamed, beaten, killed, resurrected. Which is far worse than being bored, embarrassed, uncomfortable, or ignored. So why not come back to church and let all of these messed up people strengthen you, challenge you, sharpen you, humble you? I can't promise that the people will be perfect. This is church. It's not heaven. I'm sorry. Come back. You belong here. 
The world needs your witness here. Hello, my name is Church. I love you. I miss you. I'm sorry. Can't wait to see you. Amen. Amen. If you've had a bad church experience, you know, don't let one bad church experience turn you off. Come back. Last part, just secular and cultural influences on students and young adults. We see that, man, a lot. Jesus talked about in the parable of the prodigal, Luke chapter 15, about a young man. It says he was really young who was captured in his heart by things that were out in the world. He's living in with everything that you know, that a young man could want in his father's house, but yet his mind and his heart was, was out, you know, on the distant country and wild living. And we, man, we see that today. That young man wanted to, to leave and go, be involved with that. And we, we see that, the, the pull upon the young heart today and the young mind, the pull and the lure away from God and godly values. Man, sports and movies and and music, man, there's no one, relatively no one that champions being a godly young man or young woman. And let me just say there's there's a pull away for our students and young adults. And I just want to, I just want to say to our parents, man, I want you to realize Man, there's a spiritual warfare that's going on for the heart and soul of your young person. Okay? There's a there's a spiritual there's spiritual warfare out there. What we saw in Luke Luke 15 is still there today. It's in the minds and hearts of young people to kind of to leave what they know and go experience another life and a lifestyle. And I just want to say like at our, at our church we're very fortunate. Okay, and I got some pictures I want to throw up here. We, we're, we're very fortunate. We've just got some of the finest people that work with our students and young adults anywhere. Josh and Marissa, Chris and Natasha Hurt for our, our college ministry and, and young adults. And our church is very blessed to have them here. Amen? Church is very blessed. And I just want to say, as a parent, I just want to say as a parent... Every opportunity you get to get your kid in their presence, I'm just telling you, will be a blessing. It will be a blessing, you know, for them. Now, let me say, you know, like, you know, like with mine, you know, like Kendra comes home on Wednesday night. Kendra, how was youth service? Fine. You hear? You ever heard that? How, how was Jen you? Good. You know, but you never know what's going on down in the heart of a student. And I want to tell you, man, if there's ever a time that a student ministry and, and college ministry is important, is now. Because what we saw in Luke 15 is still happening. There's this pull on younger people to stray and go live wild. But if you know the story, you know the pain that is involved in their future. Man, if they go live that life. That's why we, that's why we have have what we've got here. I want to say every student needs a student ministry. Every student needs a student ministry. It's in a formative time of their life and they may come home and go fine and good, but you never know what the Holy Spirit has done in the midst of that service. Every student needs a student ministry. 
Student ministry is designed to come alongside parents to help equip and meet and reinforce the spiritual needs of our kids. Man, we're, we are, man, we're, we're the ones that are working, you know, with you parents. Man, we're your partner. We're your partner. I want to I wanna say, man, as much as you can get them here, get them here because there's an eternal benefit from student ministry. I'm just telling you. I did, I did student ministry for 13 years. You know, and there are times, there are times, you know, like you're going, have I done any good at all? <laughs> have I done any good at all? I did 13 years, five years at one church. It was my first church. Later on in my, my life, you know, probably seven, eight years ago, they asked me to come back and preach the 75th anniversary of that particular church. It was a great honor. You know, a lot of my students, you know, I got students that are grandparents. Now, they might have started a little earlier than planned, but, you know, but I went back to church. Man, the pastor, he came out of my youth group. He was my drummer. He's the pastor. On the worship team, some of my students, I couldn't worship, just, just being emotional, you know. One of the guys came up. He said, you know what? I'm a deacon here. Would you have ever thought I would be a deacon? And I said, no, really? When you were vomiting in the back of the church van, I never saw God's plan for your life in that way. They're still in the local church, still serving. Student ministry is important. It's formative. At the end of the service, a guy came up to me. His name was Michael. Michael had been in the youth ministry. He was 14. Now, he was brilliant, okay? He was just brilliant, smarter than the whole youth group added together. Let me just say that. 14, kind of goofy, didn't really have any friends. But let me tell you, he didn't miss Wednesday night. He didn't miss any kind of event. He's the first one to sign up. His parents had money. I mean, he'd sign up. I'm like, oh, Lord. You know, he missed nothing. Man, he was, he was there every time until I transitioned. So after the service, that's the first time I'd seen him since I left. And he brings down his wife, his two kids. He's introducing me. He's, he's lived out of town, but he came back just because he heard that I was going to be there. Man, I hugged him, and it was so good because he's in church. He's serving God. His kids are in church, and it's one of those moments maybe in ministry that you go, wow, maybe I am doing something in someone's life. Maybe there's some impact, some eternal impact that you're making. He just hugged me, and he pulled me off to the side. He said, can I just talk to you for a moment? He took me over to the side. He grabbed my arms. He got right up in my face. And he said, I want to thank you. He said, I want to thank you because when I was 14, man, my life was crazy. I was thinking all kinds of crazy things. I didn't fit. I didn't fit in anywhere. And it was the youth group here. He said, it saved my life. I just want to thank you for that. I just want to say to every parent, sometimes you don't know the formative moments that are happening in another building. You're not always aware When they go on fun trips and it's just fun, you don't know sometimes of what's being built, what's being built in the heart of a child. I want to say there's a cultural pull away 
from, from church. You're not getting any support, you know, in the, in the world for godliness and godly values. So I, I want to say as respectfully as I can, as much as you can get your student involved, I promise you there are eternal benefits from being connected. Every student needs a student ministry. Amen. Last part. What does the Bible tell us about the church? What does the Bible tell us about the church? I read this passage up front, and it's kind of my text, even though I kind of pulled it more toward the end. And I'm going to read it again really quick, because the Bible, we talked about the the church being a family, the church being a fellowship, but now there's this mental image that is trying to be explained to us about, about the church, and he uses the human body. He uses the human body to kind of make this explanation. So let's read this passage again, knowing he's trying to use the human body to tell us a little bit about the church. Just as each of us has a body with many members, hands, feet, fingers, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, so in Christ, we who are many form one body. Each member belongs to the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace that's given us. So everybody's different in experience and background and, and, and uh, life ups and ups and downs. And then he says, whatever you think, man, your, your gifting is, it's for a God purpose to bring back to the body. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. He picks up this mental image of the body as the church in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm just going to read you part of it, but man, most of that chapter, he continues the thought trying to get you to understand that that the church is a body. I'm just going to read part of this. So there should be no division in the body, and the parts should have equal concern for each other. Look at this. If one part suffers, every part suffers, all right? If one part suffers, Every part suffers. If one, every part rejoices, if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So we're not just connected like in purpose, you know, like fingers and hands and different ministries, but we are connected in heart as well. And if someone's struggling, we're all struggling because we're connected. We're connected by the heart. So this passage says, and it's teaching us, And it shows us the importance of every person and and their contribution that they have back to the church. Whatever you're good at, you ought to do in the church. Whatever you're good at, you ought to do in the church. All right? So, if you're good at singing, you ought to be involved in music. Now, let me say, everybody thinks they're a good singer, okay? The only compliment you've ever gotten on your singing is from your mother. You might want to get a second opinion. Or you want to be a greeter, but you're moody in the morning. There may be another ministry for you somewhere. 
But if you love children, if you love students, if you love the homeless, and if, you know, if it, whatever your passion is, that's the way he set it up, that he's put some stuff in you to make a contribution back to the kingdom of God. If you love young people, if you love, you know, any of the ministries, ladies, men, it doesn't matter you've got a, an affinity to, to something, then he says, man, put that to work in the kingdom of God. Because if the body, the whole body, if the hand and the arm doesn't show up, the body cannot function with the fullness and the, you know, and the efficiency that it's, that it's supposed to. So whatever you're good at, the basic concept is you ought to do in the church. And if you're not connected to a local church, you can miss out on using your spiritual gifts. If you're not connected. So, man, it's more casual. Maybe it's more online than in attendance. And man, you don't have the proximity. You're not connected to take this gift that God has given you and offer that. Okay? Can I just remind you that Jesus talked and he gave a parable about the talents. Remember the story? I'm going to use dollars. He gave a man $100, he gave a man $50, he gave a man $25, and he gave a man $10. And they were supposed to go out and use this, use this gift. And the man that had the $10 said, you know what, I'm not going to use this gift at all. And do you know that he was, he was judged harshly? All right? Because God's given you something. God's given you something to use for His glory and for the body to continue to, to function, you know, in, 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 in its full capacity. He's, give, he's, given that, he's given that to each one. Brent, worship team, you guys can come. We're a body. We need the hand. We need the fingers. We need the eyes. We need the ears. We need the knees. We need the, the feet. And if you're just kind of distant, then the body's not functioning like it should. It's functioning below what it should. So that's not a rebuke. That's just saying, there's a place for you. There's a place for you. There's a purpose for you. There's a, a reason that God placed you here to, to offer something. A couple months ago, I got, a, I got an email from a person that had never been to our church. I mean, it was very critical of our church. Very critical of the church, of me. I mean, my my pastoring, I mean, wow. I read it. I opened my computer, started to respond. But I had like steam coming out of my ears. So it's very wise not to respond. So I just closed my computer and waited till I had cooled down. Eight days later, I opened my computer back up. <clears throat> I said I was wise. I didn't say I was spiritual, okay? And I just started reading that again. And all those accusations, all that harshness, I'm just going, but that's, that's not us. That's not us. You want to know who we are? Go out to Lake Ella every other Monday night and see people that have given of their time to feed the homeless. And you know where that money comes from? Because we give to missions. 
and all of our homeless ministries funded from these people out here. That's who we are. You want to know who we are? When you see vans going through the neighborhood, picking up people that have no ride, people coming early to go pick them up, and staying late to go drop them off. The church that provides the vans, the workers that do it, you know, that's, that's who we are. That's our body. You want to know who we are? This time last week, we had 56 people that had signed up to go on missions trips. And they are not cheap. But they wanted to go and help and serve and tell others about the love of Jesus. You know where a lot of that money comes from? Because throughout the month, people give sacrificially above their tithes and offerings to missions. We support 50 missionaries. That, that's who we are. That's our, that's our body. That's our body. A couple of years ago, Hurricane Irma was bearing down and it was a service I'd never forget. The, the storm was coming later that afternoon. We made the decision, whoever could come, you know, come to the church that morning. We came, we had service. There were probably 150 or so that were here. You know, they, we weren't sure. They even asked me in the cafe, you know, should we even have, you know, donuts? And what I've learned about this church, no matter what's going in the world, a donut will always help Generations Church. I came down, I, I came from my office. I wasn't sure what was about to happen, you know. But man, people came early, drinking coffee, grabbing a donut, talking to each other comforting each other in the midst of an ominous storm. Got into worship. I just looked around, man, people pouring their heart out to God. Man, people that were nervous, they were anxious. Man, worship, worshiping like really intense. After service or at the end of the service, we just kind of grouped up and we were just praying for each other. I'll never forget that. People just loving on each other. After service, we had a table set up so the church, the church body, if people didn't have shelter, they didn't have food, they didn't have money for pharmaceuticals, they didn't have gas to get out of town, that the church could, the church could serve them. People lined up. That, that's who we are. You know? And then after service, people hugging each other, swapping phone numbers so they could check on each other. After the storm, when we did our debriefing a few weeks later, kind of making notes, I just told our team, you know, if at all possible, we'll do that kind of service again. Because if I've ever seen the body of Christ, I saw it that morning. Mutual care, concern, worship, God's presence, just ministering to people. You know, that's who we are. That's who we are. We're the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. When one suffers, we all suffer. Everybody's got a place. Everybody's got a place. Everybody's got a purpose. We don't just provide a seat for you. We've got a place for you in this house. God's created you. Not to be an anonymous attender casually. 
But to be part of the body as well. And if that's what you do, there's no, I'm not pointing a finger at you this morning. I'm just telling you, God's got another step forward. If you'll take that next step, you'll just be surprised what God may have in store for you. So this morning, I want to just kind of close this service. Today was the presidential declaration of prayer. And uh, we're going to honor that. If you would just stand with me this morning. So we're just going to go into a time of prayer. Because this is what the body does. If one is suffering, man, we all feel that. We all feel that heaviness. So I'm going to just pray over what I mentioned at the first of this message. And then I'm just going to read Psalms 91. And we're just going to receive from God's Word, the comfort that comes from Psalms 91, and then we're going to sing a song of worship this morning. So let's pray together. Can you just kind of get in prayer mode this morning? So Lord, we come before you this morning and we stand in an uncertain hour in our world and our nation. Lord, we come as the body of Christ. Lord, we come as, as people that love you. And Lord, with concern of what's going on around the world. God, we pray all around the world, Lord, in China, in Italy, in other places this morning where there is great, you know, great uh, sickness. Lord, we pray. We pray, Lord, the healing power of Jesus. Lord, we pray the glory of God, Lord, would just come against this pestilence. Lord, we pray for those in our own nation, in our own state. Lord, we stand and we pray and we just call out to you, Lord. We we have no answers, Lord, than just to call out upon you, Lord. You're the God that heals. And Lord, we pray, Lord, we pray today over a world that is suffering. But Lord, in the midst of this, Lord, we pray somehow, some way, the light of the gospel, Lord, that people will know they will turn to God. These ominous things will make them turn to God. So, Lord, we, we pray for the sick and the suffering around the world. Lord, we pray for some young men in South Africa that have no medical care. And they reached out across an ocean and said, would you pray for us? So, Lord, I pray. Pray for my friends in South Africa. Lord, I pray over them this morning. God, pray your hand upon them. Bless them. Keep them safe. Lord, we pray for our medical personnel, first responders. Lord, we thank you for those that are on the front lines. Lord, we pray the protecting hand of God. Let it rest upon them, Lord, for doctors and nurses and physicians' assistants and those that work in infectious disease areas. Lord, other medical personnel that are feeling this, feeling the weight of this moment. Lord, we pray over them. Pray over the pray protection over them. All first responders, Lord, we pray over them, Lord. Keep your hand upon them, Lord. Keep your hand upon them. Lord, we pray for governmental leaders today. Lord, we pray for our world leaders who are dealing with this crisis. We pray for our national leaders. We pray for our state leaders. We pray for local leaders. Lord, that they will humble themselves. And Lord, there'll be a wisdom that comes from God. I pray as they are wrestling through 
things, you know, issues of resource and, and personnel. Lord, I pray that there won't be panic in their own heart, but Lord, there'll be a peace that comes. And Lord, there'll be a wisdom of the Lord that, that emerges in each one of those councils and committees and meetings. We pray over those that are in authority over us. God, we pray for a godly wisdom. Let it rest upon us. Let it rest upon them. Lord, I pray for those whose jobs and employment has been affected. Lord, it might be affected. Lord, I pray for those today, Lord, that are a little anxious. God, I pray. I just pray for a peace, a calmness in their heart. Even though there may be some things up in the air, Lord, you're going to speak to them. Don't worry. I'm in control. I know this. I got this. The sparrow's not worrying. And you don't worry at all. I pray for those. I just pray. I pray for our church and around the world, Lord, I pray. I pray for those whose employment has been disrupted or may be. I pray for those this morning who may feel a sense of panic. Lord, they may feel a sense of anxiety. Lord, I pray over them. I pray for senior adults, Lord. I pray over them today. God, I pray the wonderful hand of the Lord. To those that are a little older, I pray the, the, the Spirit of the Lord just rest upon them. I pray for a peace in their own heart. I pray for others, Lord, who just maybe have a sense of anxiety. Lord, I pray today for peace. I just pray for the peace of God. Let it rest upon them. Let it rest upon them. Just pray for peace. Lord, not, not anxiety, not fear, not panic. But Lord, there's a sense of peace. Lord, in our lives. Lord, we pray for missionaries around the world. Lord, some are quarantined, can't get home. Lord, we pray for our missionary family. We pray for their protection. Lord, their children. Lord, we pray over them this morning. Lord, we pray, God, your hand upon them. But Lord, we pray for also opportunities in this, Lord. You're going to use these families in unusual ways. And I pray your protection. I pray your blessing. We pray for the church around the world, believers around the world. Many can't meet, won't be able to meet, have no capacity for online services. Lord, we pray over the church. We pray over the church. Pray over my friend in Italy. Lord, so much depression and discouragement. God, I pray. I just pray today. I pray today for our church, our believers around the world in China, Lord, in Italy, Lord, other places we pray. We pray for the church world today. God, let the church be the church in this moment. Let the church be the church in this moment. I want to read Psalms 91 today. I just want you to receive this word this morning. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror by night, nor the error that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the plague that destroys at 
midday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near me. Lord, you only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge, Lord, you will make the most high of our dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near you. He will command His angels in charge of concerning you to guard in all your ways. They will lift up your hands. No one will strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion. You will tread on the cobra. Because he says, he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call on me. And I will answer him. And I will be with him in the day of trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him. And show him my salvation. Can you say amen to God's word this morning? Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.